Okay. Uh, first of all, I'd like to welcome you all to the membership seminar. And it looks like you have to talk right into the mic. So as people uh, come up, um, just remember that. First of all, we're going to have introductions. Um, I'm Artis Bazin, membership committee chair. And Ed Crespin has offered to go around and um, pass the mic. Yes, go ahead, please. Uh, no, go ahead. That's right. fine. Uh, I'm Doug Powell from Falls Church, Virginia, and I'm going to be on the second panel. Christy, Christy Crespin, Highland, California. Denny Huff from Missouri, and I'll be on the second panel also. Colette Arvidson, Anacortes, Washington. Sue Amateur, Port Hadlock, Washington. I'm also in the second panel. John Amateur, Port Hadlock, Washington. Margie DeMars, Crossville, Tennessee. Linda Simmons, Crossville, Tennessee. Paula Annenson, Valley City, North Dakota. Helen Baumgartner, Mandan, North Dakota. Michelle Zenz, Fargo, North Dakota. Zelda Gebhardt, Edgeley, North Dakota. Mary Stipp, Minot, North Dakota. Doug Stipp, also Minot, North Dakota. Is there anybody left in North Dakota? Donna Hepper, Bismarck, <laughs> Bismarck North Dakota. <laughs> Alan Peterson, Horace, North Dakota. <laughs> My name is Darian from Oregon. Thank you. <laughs> James Edwards, uh, president of ACB of Oregon. Kathy Brockman, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Peggy Garrett, Missouri City, Texas. Michael Garrett, Missouri City, Texas. <laughs> Don, Donna Brown, Romney, West Virginia. Jeannie Johnson, Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm Brian Charlson from Massachusetts, President, Bay State Council, and Library Users of America. Norman Ota from Hawaii, Hawaii Association of the Blind. Art Cabanilla from Hawaii, Hawaii Association of the Blind as well. Anthony Akamini, Honolulu, Hawaii. Landa Falan, Hawaii Association of the Blind. Rob from Salt Lake City, Utah. Anneli Hathaway, Salt Lake City, Utah. 
Mary Ellen Frost, Maine. Ninetta Garner, Morgantown, West Virginia. Oral Miller, Washington, D.C. George Holiday, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm George Gordon from Austin. Okay. And I think that's it. That's it, Argus. Oh, Ed Crespin, uh, California. Okay, and we have um, three more members up here that are going to be on our first panel. We have Donna Pomerantz, Kim Charlson, and Marsha Farrell. So um, I wanted to thank our sponsors for this, um, the membership seminar. General Motors is uh, one of the sponsors for this session, and... And I can't remember the other ones. <laughs> if I get it, I'll let you know later. <laughs> but we want to thank our sponsors, so that's great. Our theme for today's membership meeting is how to hold successful meetings. And so we have two panels. And uh, the first panel is best practices for successful meetings. And our three panel members are Donna Pomerantz, and she's immediate past president of California Council of the Blind. We have Kim Charlson, and of course we all know her as president of ACB. And then Marsha Farrow, who is currently the treasurer for the Georgia Council of the Blind. So I'll turn it over to them. And we do have a portable, if you'd rather have a portable, or do you want to come up here? Whatever you feel more comfortable. Yeah, you can go ahead and first. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Yeah, right. Where am I from? <laughs> I'm just testing. Um, yeah, Hawaii. Exactly. Um, well, um, first of all, I want to thank all of you for being here, and uh, a number of us, and I, I bet some of the things that we mention um, here today uh, may be things that you are already doing. In fact, I'm probably sure that, that some of you have done them. Um, we talk about running um, successful meetings in our chapters, and um, it, we can also take that to other, um, other venues where we're part of meetings. Now, one of the things that, that gets people interested and engaged is if you have a little bit of interaction in, in your meetings. Um, if people know that there will be um, a chance for them 
to directly participate, um, whether it is um, through questioning of a speaker, you know, after their presentation is done, that's one way. Um, one of the things that that has been done um, in some of the chapters that I've participated in, and and in the beginning, I you know I thought it was quite interesting, but in hearing from several members after, one of the things that has been has made people feel very very welcome is that at every meeting, every chapter meeting that we have, and other chapters as well, one of the things in common that we do is we have a sunshine report. And a sunshine report, you know, some people would think, well, you know, okay. Um, we sing happy birthday. We name the members who are having their birthdays. And we name, you know, we give the dates. And the whole group, you know, goes and, and sings a happy birthday and, and you know, the, the people who have their birthdays in that particular month and some people who even have their birthday <clears throat> at that time, um, you know, they really feel very, very welcome. Um, this is one of the things I've heard directly from a number of people. And in all honesty, that, that was something that I myself absolutely didn't think of, you know, because you, you think, okay, you know, you know, my friends will wish me happy birthday or family or on Facebook and things like that. So something like that truly, truly has made people feel very, very engaged. And that has that can be done at the end of your general meeting and program or at the beginning or right before your break. Uh, another thing that has been extremely successful is breaking your meeting up into two parts so that maybe uh, in the middle of your chapter meeting, you have maybe a half hour or 40 minutes so that you can share a meal if you do your meeting at a restaurant. Um, people enjoy that socializing and sharing a meal together. You'd be very surprised. There, there are a number of people that truly, everyone has different reasons for coming to your meetings. So you, you need to try and be as diverse as possible um, you know, in your meetings. Of course, it goes without saying that doing advocacy and sharing about local successes, state successes, national successes, that's very important. But one of the things along the advocacy vein that has been extremely successful and, and has not only assisted people with their self-esteem and feeling like a part of the group but having someone, you know, someone may share with you, if you're a leader in, in your chapter or in your affiliate, an advocacy success. You know, whether they were able to, you know, get um, their dial-a-ride to operate more hours or, 
you know, um, different things done in either Braille, large printer audio. Um, people, when they share those successes, you can bring them in that way as well. Because through doing that, you know, when you're speaking to people one-on-one, -on -one, you know, you might ask them, would you like to share that local success or your success with the group? Because you never know. That starts a very good kind of question and answer. And they see that, you know, oh, this person who's not an officer or a board member in the chapter, they're a member just like me. And they were able to, to do that advocacy success. Um, I say dial a ride extending, you know, their hours because we had uh, someone in our local chapter just recently share that success. And so they came to the meeting and they shared that. And that generated question and answer at the meeting, but then people also called the person and were calling each other after, and they started doing those things as well. So in closing, I would say engaging your members at your meeting so that they feel like they're part of contributing to what's making that meeting happen. And so there's back and forth. There's listening and there's also sharing. So it's a full circle and definitely making them feel welcome. And I'm going to hand it over to Marsha Farrow, who is directly to my left. So thank you very much. Okay, thank you, Donna. Thank you. And, um, and just to add a little bit to, uh, to, the, to my background, um, I, I was actually the first female ever elected to be the president of the Georgia Council of the Blind. So I'm a little bit like Kim. Uh, and it was and it was pretty funny because actually I didn't even realize it till after I was elected. I, I just you know I did I didn't realize it. But but for me as and I think probably for all of us, our own journey very much impacts the way we lead, and and the way we lead impacts the the success of what we do. Now it doesn't mean that we control all the success because we cannot do everything that we have the heart to do. But but at just a little bit about me, I, I, I try to, to run my meetings and lead my, my chapter and my state affiliate a little bit based on my own experience. So for me, growing up as a child with a visual impairment who is very much isolated, uh, so I'm, I'm coming from that perspective. Uh, as I think about what people need. And so I've been involved with uh, the Georgia Council of the Blind since like around the mid-80s. We are 61 years old, so we've been around a while. And so, so as, and I had to grow up, I really did. I had to grow up. And I can tell you that my GCB family and then later my ACB family was very much and, and is very much a part of the success that I have. I know that without question. And, and so I grew up both in my educational endeavors and my professional endeavors and, and all of that. I contributed to, to GCB and I want to lead my own chapter and affiliate to be successful. 
so so just to give you a little bit of that of that framework uh so when i when i think about running a meeting uh kind of much like what donna said my my main i guess foundation if you will is inclusion and equality you know i don't care if you think we're going to sell cheerios to make money you know, I'm going to find out what is it about those Cheerios that you really think people would like. And and if you want to string them to make bird feeders or whatever, you know, I'm not going to tell you that that that's a bad idea. Because because where you're coming from or where that individual's coming from, then they need to be heard. And and I find that people who are visually impaired are are not heard often and 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 as i evolved myself and and became a vision therapist in like 2004 i started to work as a vision therapist so you know i brought my professional training into leading my chapters and because and then i really knew i began to understand more and more through you know getting my degree and really learning more about the dynamics of what people are dealing with than often people who came to my chapter meetings were really hurting desperately, you know, seriously. And and sometimes, you know, maybe some of the other members didn't realize that as much, but I tried to take time and you know, engage them and hook them up with other people. I just always want to make sure that the people who come to my chapter meetings or to the affiliate meetings are are heard and valued and you spend time with them and you get to know them and you engage their families. And and I can't imagine that any of you all are not having that. I, I just can't imagine that you're not having that because if you're getting new people involved, you're bound to be getting some people who are just losing their vision, uh, beginning to lose their vision. And and you know, so I I know that having a successful meeting. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> I tapped, I tapped Marsha because okay. audio description. Me. <laughs> and, and why are we tapping? Because I'm supposed to hush. Okay. Okay, that's good. That's fine. Okay, so anyway, there'll, there'll be more to come, I guess, Kim. But thank you. Thank you. So include those members and listen to them. Okay. <laughs> I was just going to let her keep talking. And then you just... <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I, really, I really like what, what Donna and Marcia have said. Um, so I will say they, they talked about the non-tangible things, which are really important for us to keep in mind, the, the psychological, the social part. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a little more tangible in, in what I talk about. For, for making a successful meeting because I think you need to have both. You need to have both parts. If we're too touchy-feely and we don't get anywhere, some people are going to go, ooh, that's kind of a funky group, you know? <laughs> so, and if you're too far the other way, it's like, that's not a fun meeting to go to. All they do is just work and talk about legislation and deadlines and everything's really boring, so... 
So we have to we have to find that happy medium. So chapters and affiliates, I think one of the things you have to look at is timing of a meeting to make it successful. You're going to know your people. You're going to know what's going to work for them. Is a Saturday afternoon meeting going to work? Is an evening meeting during the week going to work? Um, it depends on the people and what their commitment is and what your transportation is. But I think it's, it's something to keep in mind, especially if you've been doing okay and then suddenly something's changing. You start to see people not coming to meetings. Now, why is it? They don't like to go out after dark, whatever it might be. Their vision's changed. They don't like to be out at night. Um, those kind of things impact people's attendance and willingness to attend. So um, making sure that you have a process, a multi-tiered process that will notify your members of the meetings. So um, an email listserv is a great way, but as we know, not everybody's going to have emails. So you could probably get the majority of people with an email message, tell them when the meeting is, what's going on. Um, but you need to have a process in place with somebody who likes to make phone calls and will call the people who don't have email. Make sure they get included. So so I know what I look for in our... Uh, I'm speaking again for the more, more my local chapter, and that is, you know, let's, let's think now about... If, if my local chapter meets quarterly, and then kind of in between those quarters, they have a holiday party, they have a spring, con- we have the spring convention, and we have a summer picnic pool party. So our group says, well, you know, six times a year, that's enough for a meeting, and if something special, and we have a, a statewide fall conference. So, so there's seven opportunities during the year. We spread it out. Um, but topics for your meeting, um, you know, put some, put some planning into your meetings. Um, there's nothing more dull than going to a meeting and everybody kind of, it's, it's, I like going around the table and finding out what people are saying, what they've been doing. But if you do that for an hour and a half, that's just going to not be such a great thing. So you have to kind of structure your meeting enough so you've got your sharing time. And then you've got your refreshments, and then you've got your speaker, and then you've got your follow-up. And we usually try to have one advocacy issue toward the end of the meeting, that if we need some help or we need people to make phone calls or something like that, we'll give them that information close to the end of the meeting and tell them we'll email it to them or we'll call them with the phone number. It's make sure that um, you as a leader have that structure, that you have an agenda, and that you have a plan because you're going to be so much more successful if you have a plan rather than you're just winging it by the seat of your pants because it just is going to fall apart around you if, um, if there's no plan. So, um, And I, uh, I'm going to tell you kind of a funny story. My local chapter, they meet... They meet in the conference room in the Braille and Talking Book Library where I work. So, um, and they wanted to do a fundraiser, and they decided they were going to sell chocolate bars at the convention. So I can, I can tell you that's a great thing because people at conventions are very hungry people, and they love chocolate. So if your chapter needs a fundraiser, go for it. 
So uh, then they were talking, and they were talking, and they was like, well, who's, who's going to sell them? Who's going to take the money? And so I, um, I, just, I said, well, you know, I don't have an official role <clears throat> at the Bay State Convention, so, so why don't I sell them? I'll put them in a case, and people can come to me. And everybody in the room said, you're going to sell candy bars? But, but you're the president of the American Council of the Blind. You can't sell candy bars. And I said, well, of course I can sell candy bars. We sold more candy bars because people were just tickled to pieces to come up and buy a candy bar from the ACB president. <laughs> so they said, I can't believe you're selling candy bars. I said, I'll do what I need to do to help ACB. So, you know, sometimes if you get involved in those roles that are a little non-traditional for you, people really get a kick out of it and they really like it. So, okay. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. Um, I'm going to give you a couple minutes for questions from the audience. If you have a question um, from any one of the three up here, or just a question in general about uh, good practices for meetings, that would be great. Um, and raise theory. your hand and it'll uh, come around. I have a mic. I raised my hand. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so we, in my chapter, have begun, um, we changed our bylaws, and we allow people to attend remotely by, um, we tried it through Skype, and our meetings are an hour and a half, and the people that would call in would get dropped. And then there would be, a, you know, an interruption to the meeting when they would call us and tell us we got dropped, and... Um, so then we just started doing FaceTime and using our conference call number. But the people on the phone have trouble hearing some of what's said in the room. We've tried, you know, Bluetooth speakers and things like that. And I'm wondering if you guys have any... Um, it, it allows our members that are sick or can't get to the meeting on time or for whatever reason to still attend. Does anybody have a better system for uh, Okay, Darian, our attending? next panel is actually for procedures during meetings. So if you want to wait on that one uh, for the next panel, that would be super. I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> Hello, this is Jean Johnson. And my question is, we have our meetings on Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock at a church, and a lot of times people get there a little early, and sometimes they get there late, but we all know how it is with paratransit. Um, so we have refreshments at the beginning. My fear is if we had a little break in the middle, and generally our meetings are about two hours, but my fear is if we had a little break in the meeting in the middle, then people would pre-schedule their rides so that they could go ahead and leave in the middle and not stay for the whole meeting. And I'm just wondering if that's been an issue with any of you who have your breaks in the middle of a meeting where it's not at a restaurant where you're going to have a meal. Um, she can come up here. Okay. I'm coming. It's Donna. Okay. Okay. Um, this is Donna. One of the things... Um, and, and that's a very real, real concern. 
Um, so one of the things that some of our chapters do is um, if if they do, you know, little mini door prizes, they will spread them out and maybe do one at the very beginning and at the middle before the break and then at the end. Again, this kind of goes to some of the things that really different things motivate different people. We're all human beings. So, you know, the other thing that some of our chapters do as well is they'll do a 50-50. Um, and they do that at the end. And, you know, folks, it, it's, you know, it's when folks have had to leave early, um, you know, Unfortunately, they miss the 50-50. So people encourage folks to um, make sure the meeting starts at this time, we have break at this time, and we end at this time. So um, all people have to do is miss that 50-50 or door prize or happy birthday song that comes at the end of the meeting once. And if that's one of their motivators, You'd be surprised, but that really keeps a number of folks. And then there's socialization at the end while people are waiting together for their paratransit. And so there's an area designated for where people could still continue to talk afterward when they wait. Thank you. Okay, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, we're going to move on to our next panel. Uh, That's fine. We'll have to move on. Uh, Would the next panel members please uh, come forward? And thank you guys for thank you guys for coming up here. And I'll introduce I'll mention our panel members while they're coming forward. Our next panel is um, tips on procedures and etiquette at meetings. And. Uh, This particular panel, we have, okay, okay, we have Denny Huff, he's the president of the Missouri Council of the Blind, you okay, okay, we have Doug Powell, Um, he's a member of the Board of Publications, and we have Sue Amateur, who is with the Washington Council of the Blind. Oh, no problem. No problem. Okay, which one of you want to be first? And do you want to stand up here or do you want the hand mic? Oh. Well, good afternoon, and um, I love conference calls. We, um, at Missouri, we've been doing conference calls for many years. When I became president in 2008, I um, quit using the paid service that we had. I think it was called uh, Conference America. Man, it was expensive. When you have a board size of about 25 people, uh, 29 cents a minute per person, and the conference calls would go for a couple of hours, you racked up some money. So we um, started using a, a free conference call service. 
and it's called freeconferencepro.com. It's very accessible. It's easy to fill out the information. And when you do that, you get a, um, a conference number and you create your own PIN number. We have um, about 22 different affiliates, or I'm sorry, committees in, uh, in Missouri. And I have uh, assigned each one of them uh, a conference line. And what you can do with this at uh, Free Conference Pro, you can have one dial-in number, but you can have many different uh, passcodes so that everybody can, all the committees can maybe have a conference call at the same time, but all be on different, different numbers. So if, um, you know, you want to have a, a good conference call, you want to have control of that conference call, if you're the host, I know a few weeks ago when um, we hosted the uh, candidates um, caucus for Missouri, I had all the candidates to call in on a certain number. Well, I'm sorry, they all called in on the same number as everybody else did, but they used a different passcode. That way, I could mute everybody uh, on the call except for the candidates. And that way, you don't have all the background noise that usually comes with a conference call. So you need to have control over the conference. Then when we had time for the questions, I just did a star five and unmuted everybody, and they could ask their questions. And then we went to the next candidate, and I muted everybody, and then that candidate did their little spiel. So um, that is number one, is to have control over your conference. And be courteous to them. And another thing about Free Conference Pro is if you have a sighted person uh, that can get on the computer and go to your uh, dashboard for your conference number, they can actually see the graph on the uh, screen as to who is talking and what number they're calling from. We had a, a conference call one night and somebody was blowing into the microphone, into their speaker, you know, and just interrupting completely. Well, fortunately, we had somebody watching the screen and they could tell who was doing this and they disconnected them, then blocked that number from calling back. And I, uh, I, I was amazed at the person that was doing it. I just couldn't believe that they would do something like that. But uh, it takes all kinds, I guess. But, you know, it's, it's really uh, neat to have a conference service like that. And that does not cost anything at all. It's just like the website uh, address says, Free Conference Pro. There's other ones out there, totally free conference call and different ones. But I find that this one is uh, really one of the best. And if, I'm sorry, but it's not a toll-free number. Uh, it is a, a toll number. But how we handle that is we have people that have three-way calling, and they call in uh, the other people that don't have unlimited long distance and bring them in on the conference. So it, uh, it really works out well. And I'm going to hand the mic to Sue. You next? Okay. Hello, everybody. Well, there are some ad advantages of having conference phones. Uh, number one, you can be in your jammies or whatever. Uh, number two, you can have heat, uh, which is quite an advantage. Um, you know, it must be cold in our meeting room. When my husband's cold, 
you know it's cold. Um, and number three, it does allow people to get together who may have transportation difficulties. Before I talk, I want to address, somebody asked about uh, doing, it, doing it with meetings. If somehow you could get access to a good speaker phone, you really can uh, bring people in um, via, via that method uh, to the meetings. It can be a little difficult. Now, you also have to be careful when you're having um, conference phones. Uh, Danny was talking about somebody breathing loud. Uh, one night we were having a call, and somebody went to sleep, and she just snored peacefully through the whole meeting. And we, we didn't have the ability to, to cut her off, so you know, we tried calling her house, hoping that maybe the three-way would wake her up. Or it didn't phase her. She just snored happily on. Anyway, okay. So the importance is when you're having uh, a, a conference meeting like this, of course, it can involve people around the state, whether it's a uh, board meeting, a conference call committee meeting, or some kind of state meeting like Denny just talked about doing the candidates forum, which is pretty cool, I thought. Um, the importance, in my opinion, is number one, you start on time. If people are late, that's too bad. If I call in at 8 o'clock and the chair makes me wait till 10 after 8, I might leave because my time's important. And also end on time. That means when you're running the meeting, you got to keep to topic. I don't want to hear about everybody's guide dogs or what they had for dinner or blah, blah, blah. You know, so people need to ask for the floor. And it is a talent to learn how, when you were running those meetings, you got to really listen intently to recognize someone, and you ask people to say, um, Madam Chair, uh, or something, so then, or Sir Chair, or whatever, and then you could say, okay, I recognize it. So people aren't talking over each other. Um, so the meeting needs to be recognized. You need to keep on topic. So that means you have an agenda, whatever your committee meeting is, your board meeting, and it's nice if you could send that agenda out ahead of time. Just because it's a conference meeting doesn't mean you don't need to be prepared. Because if you say an hour, that hour goes by darn fast. Now, I'm on a number of committees that meet by phone. And the key that we do is that we always have someone take notes so the notes can go out afterwards. There's two advantages of that. Number one, um, two weeks later you remember, remember what happened, because sometimes you forget, um, and it gives you a record. But also number two, I chair our Washington State uh, Council of the Blind Advocacy Committee. And so we have someone take notes. And what that has done is allowed the committee members who come on to learn more about advocacy issues, how to talk about them. Uh, usually I have the person write up their notes. They send them to me and I make, make some changes. For example, make the sure that the name of the law is correct, that they quote, or if it's a law, you know, cite the law. Put some things in so that people who attended that meeting can use it as an educational forum. So we do a lot, of, can do a lot of things with meetings. It can involve people. It can teach people, um, and it can make sure that they're involved by giving them assignments. 
So if you've given assignments, make sure that at your next meeting, you allow those people to report out. And again, the most important thing is you stick to topic, you keep the meeting moving, and you don't have a lot of side conversations because that's not what most of us came for. And most of our time is busy, it's important, and we want, we want, I know when I'm in a meeting, I want to feel that the chair of that committee or that meeting thinks that my time and my participation is important because I think that means a lot to all of us. Thank you, and I'll turn it over now to um, Doug. Thanks, Sue. Yeah, I, I'm going to reiterate a couple of things she said. Uh, uh, the agenda is absolutely, uh, you know, essential, and, and Kim said that also. Uh, it put it out in advance so people know what, you know, what we're going to be talking about. They can gear their thinking toward it. Um, also, uh, if, if you've delegated something to somebody, that's a wake-up call that they need to deliver. And uh, actually probably calling them before the meeting uh, you know, like a week before the meeting and saying, you know, this is on the agenda, are you ready to go, uh, is also useful um, because, uh, you know, people forget the action items. Yeah, writing up the notes afterwards and having a, uh, sending out the action items is a great idea because we do. We, we forget two minutes after the phone call uh, what, what we uh, promised to do or what somebody asked us to do. So sending out action items with the you know, person who's responsible is a great idea. And then following up like a week before the meeting and making sure that uh, deliverables are going to be ready is, is also useful in, ter in terms of creating an effective meeting and also keeping the, uh, you know, keeping the uh, organization moving forward and not stagnating over, well, I couldn't get it done this time. I'll get it done next month. You know, which is, you know, I mean, you know, we're volunteers. We're not paid to, you know, we can't get fired if we don't get it done. So uh, it's, it's important to try to manage your, 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 uh, your volunteers and treat them like, you know, with, with some, uh, you know, with some uh, um, respect, but also, uh, also, uh, um, um, what's the word I want? Accountability. So, um, um, I was. I started out being chapter president of uh, a chapter that had people like uh, Charlie Hodge, John McCann, Bud Keith, Billy Jean Keith, and Pat Beatty. And I'll tell you, they were three-hour meetings. And so when I became president, it became real clear to me that everybody wanted to leave, and half of the people did. So the first thing I instituted was action items first and then announcements because you know all these guys were greatly involved in federal legislation and you know and they loved to talk about it and it was pretty interesting to me but it wasn't interesting to everybody and so you know i i instituted an action first you know what 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 are we going to do you know what are we going to do you know if you bring if you've got something to bring to us that, you know that's a do that's good and then the federal legislation and all the advocacy stuff and stuff like that could come later, you know, for people who, who wanted to stick around. Um, uh, when you have um, people, when you have people bringing up ideas outside of the agenda, and you can't, you know, and they're they're, they're persistent, or or you really feel that you know that it's useful, you know, when it, you know sometimes brainstorms come up and it's important stuff. So, but what you can do is, uh, uh, one, one idea is a parking lot. So put it in the parking lot till later in the meeting, okay, a new, you know, until it's a new business item. 
uh, you know, say, let's, uh, that sounds like a great idea. Let's talk about it a little later. We're, re we're really talking about this, uh, this uh, you know, the agenda says we're talking about this right now. Uh, or, uh, you know, and, and then later, develop a working group. Even if you think it's a crazy idea, say, okay, good. So who wants to work on this idea? And it'll become real clear real quickly if it's a, a crazy idea or if it's something that, that you know, resonates with people. Uh, if they, you know, if, if one person wants to work on it, fine. If a group of people want to work on it, great. You know, and, and uh, you know, they'll find out whether it's, you know, whether they're, you know, talking through their hats or not. <laughs> um, try to elicit uh, comments from, from shy attendees. And this is true on the phone as well, because you know there's there are folks you know who who would talk forever, um, and and have an idea about just about everything, and we have other people who you know who are on the call who don't you know don't say much, so uh, you know try to try to say well uh, we've you know we've heard from you several times today you know how about uh, how about Sue do you have any ideas on this subject, um, those kinds of things. Um, yeah, breathing loud and all that kind of stuff on, on oh, that's the other thing on, on, on uh, conference calls. Um, it's harder to have babble on conference calls than it is in, you know, in person-to-person -person meetings. You know, we can put up with a certain amount of people talking over each other at a face-to-face at a, uh, -face meeting, but when you're on a conference call, it, it gets real crazy real quick. So um, I, I, as, I, as the chair of the committee, uh, usually try when you know when there's you know say either say one at a time and and if that doesn't work you know then you know I call on the person and and then said and say the other person is the next you know you can usually recognize voices and and uh, and try to impose order on the uh, on, on on the group. That's pretty much all I had at the moment. Uh, you know if we want to oh Sue Sue has a couple things she forgot and then maybe we got time for a couple of questions. Right. Also, I just want to remind you, if you are the chair of the meeting, uh, get there a couple of minutes ahead of time. There's nothing worse than calling in on a conference call and getting the music because the moderator has not arrived. People will leave quicker than um, scat if you do that. Number two, and I want to reiterate, uh, Doug and Denny said this, but be sure to send out a reminder. You know, you think, oh, everybody knows that we meet the fourth Sunday or the second Wednesday People tend to forget, or you don't even know if the second Wednesday, if the calendar's weird. But I try to send it out the day before or a couple of days ahead so people get a reminder. And if for some reason you cannot meet and you know it, don't send out the cancellation notice an hour ahead of time. That really turns people off, and they'll say, you know, if they don't think my time is very important, I'm not coming back. And, and people really do this. And finally, take a chance on somebody. Maybe there's somebody in the meeting who doesn't take assignments very often or doesn't say anything, and maybe you think they could do it. I had a person, I really wondered about him, and I gave him a letter to write. I was amazed. The letter was very impressive, and we got a response from the, um, at, was an advocacy issue at, with the doctor's office, and they answered immediately. So you just never know what talents people might have. So let's take chances on people because sometimes they'll surprise you. Okay. Now we're going to leave it open for um, someone to ask questions. Oh, okay. Denny, do you want to Just one thing, okay. uh, artists. Um, sure. 
you were talking about notifying people about a meeting, one service that we use is called dialmycall.com. And it's, you're allowed up to 30 seconds of a, uh, an announcement, 30 seconds long, up to 25 people. And after that, uh, you, you have to pay for it, but we try to keep it uh, at 30, 29 seconds or 25. And you can do it one of two ways. You can either pre-record it and then upload it to um, um, your message, upload it to this site. You have to have some, unfortunately, it's not very accessible when you're filling out the names and numbers. But if you have somebody cited that can fill out the names and numbers of, of the people that you want to be called, uh, you can do that there. And then schedule the call to go out at a certain time. We usually have our, when our, we have a board meeting, it goes out at uh, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. So everybody is called. Um, it's a blast call. And if they, they don't answer, it's left on a voicemail. Then you also get a report back uh, through email as to how many people that it actually reached and how many people answered, how many people were left a message. So it's a pretty neat service. I'm sorry? Now, is that a different service, or is that the same with your uh, conference call pro? No, it's a different service. It's uh, dialmycall.com. Yes. Okay, great. Um, Darian, I'm going to go back to your question. Was your question sufficiently answered? You need more clarification? Okay. Go ahead and... Uh, so, no, because I, we cannot, the speakerphone would work if we had one in the conference room, but um, we don't, and we can't, there's not really a jack in there. So, um, that, I don't, and Skype cuts us off. We've used the computer, um, but Skype cuts off. If people aren't talking on the call and they're listening or something, it cuts us off. Um, so, yeah, it's technical. Um, but since I have the mic, I have another question. Um, and that is, you talked about starting uh, Just a second, um, Darian. Uh, Danny had a response for you. Oh, okay. Well, or you can come up here. Um, okay. Well, thank you there. Okay. We use that service uh, with our conference call, but... I have a, um, a Bluetooth speaker that I have with my iPhone, and it's um, actually it's a Bose uh, Bluetooth speaker, a very small one, but you can actually talk on that speaker, and um, you can hear, of course, people calling in. But that's the way we do it. Um, we have a, a, our affiliate meeting, and if somebody cannot make it to the meeting, we have them to call that conference line, and I call it on my cell phone, and connected through the Bluetooth speaker, so they can sit there just like they're in the meeting and hear everything going on. They can talk, we can talk to them. Uh, it works out really well. Uh, not really a question, but a couple of, couple of comments. One is, we in Oregon, we use freeconferencecall.com. And if, if you have um, excess, somebody having excessive noise on your call, you can call customer service and they can disconnect that from one person. Um, another thing I wanted to comment on, Doug Powell's comment about um, controlling the meetings. And at one point I had people talking so much over each other, nobody knew what was going on. So I, what I did was I had a list of the people on the call and I would call, I said, 
I said, from now on, I'm going to make a, I'm going to call on each member and allow that member to speak and get finished with their comments, and then I'll call on the next person. And that work, works really well to control your meeting of people trying to talk over each other. Yeah, me again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, what, I'm just going to ask this, and I'll be quiet, I promise. Um, so you talked about starting the meeting on time. And when people arrive late, they're, they can't find a seat. They talk, everybody's going, there's a seat over here. And then they have to talk about why they were late. And how can you make people come in quietly? You might want to restructure your meeting. Um, what, what we do at our local chapter meetings is we have dinner first. And then, you know, they arrive whenever they arrive and everybody's talking and having a good time and that kind of thing. And then um, usually, uh, you know, I, I guess, you know, some people have pr problems with people leaving. We, we have found that that's not a concern at our chapter meetings. So we ha usually have the program speaker after, you know, right after dinner. And then uh, so that they, they can go home. Um, we pay for their dinner, uh, the speaker's dinner, and then, you know, after they've done their speech or, or spoken uh, for a half hour, 45 minutes, they can go home, and then that's when we have our business meeting. So then everybody's there, and yes, sometimes people leave early when uh, paratransit comes early, but um, that's their problem. You know, and, and some people schedule it that way, and, you know, you know we can't, we, you know, that's, that's their decision, you know. They're a member. They, they can do what they want. Hi. This is Michelle Zentz. And I don't know if Kim is still here. Okay. This is kind of directed to our, our ACB convention meetings. Noticed our opening meetings get to be extended overly long by a long, long time. And I don't know. For me, it's kind of disrespectful to the members as well that have flown in those mornings and to be that long and it's necessarily that the people that are there to give their delegate reports. I'm asking if there could be something differently done for the structure. Thank you. Okay. So uh, first of all, I'll say I hear you, okay? I hear you. Um, I'm going to do some things different next year to see if we can trim it down so that we're all not getting out of the opening session at 11 o'clock at night. Not my idea of the way to start out a long and tiring convention by draining everybody's energy the very first night. So, so um, thank you, and I am very cognizant of it, and I'm going to make some changes for next year. Okay, we'll take one more question. Um, can I just make a comment to the first set of uh, panels, if I'm not out of order? Sure, go ahead. That's fine. Um, uh, I'm not sure if it was Donna or who it was, but I love that idea about birthdays. In fact, when I became the vice president of our association, um, I wanted to reach out to our members. But what we do, we have a committee, and every time there is a birthday, we reach out by a telephone call. 
And I tell you what, there's been beautiful response on that. People have been appreciated. And um, they said, you know what? I feel like I'm a member because you reached out to me to say hi. Happy birthday. Okay, thank you. No, I think it's important, yes. Uh, okay, one more quick question. Our, this is Christy Crespin, and I belong to the Active Blind Inland Valleys chapter in a large area of uh, a large territory in in San Bernardino area of California. We meet at the VA. There is no reception at the VA where we meet. Um, we talk about trying to find other meeting locations. Um, it's just we've been struggling. Artist knows we've been struggling with growing our chapter or even keeping members. Well, one of the things we came up with, and I'm not sure what you all think about this, is to do like um, one month to do a social thing, one month to do like a book club or tech kind of thing on, on the phone conference call, and the third month to meet for the um, actual meeting of advocacy, et cetera. So I, I just kind of want to see what y'all think about that. I personally think the more things you can do to mix it up, you know, the better off you are. I don't know if anybody else had thoughts on that. But. This is Sue. I think that's a very good idea. And I wanted to add something in my chapter. Everybody is newly blind and old, except for me and Carl Jarvis, if you know Carl. Well, they don't really care about legislation or advocacy, even though I mean, as long as you keep it to three minutes, they'll listen. So we had a new chapter president who was elected. She was newly blind. She brought all of these gadgets that she had at home for newly blind people, like how to get the toast out with a, um, the tongs that are made out of bamboo, all this stuff. Oh, everybody loved it. So much for my legislation and advocacy. <laughs> they wanted to see all the gadgets. So she did what, you know, met their needs. And I think... It's hard for some of us who have always been blind and think everybody should care about. Sometimes they don't. So you've got to figure out a way of trying to meet their needs as well and try to bring them along. Well, thank you. Um, give a thank you to our second panel. I wanted to uh, recognize... Um, the chapters are the affiliates that won the growth awards. They were announced on Sunday night, but I always like to, since they're membership growth awards, I always like to mention them again. Uh, visually Impaired Veterans of America. And the Utah Council of the Blind. And then number three was um, North Dakota Association of the Blind. And uh, Alan gave me a little tip. He, he told me that the gal that was uh, the big person that really helped there is actually in this room, Mary Phipps. So she did a great job. So. 
So I want to commend these affiliates, and I'd like to challenge the rest of you to work on uh, getting your chapters larger as well. I do have handouts here. I've got one on having successful meetings, and the other one is conference calling tips. And if someone would hand them out, I've got Braille, large print, and then I've also got some CDs that have both handouts on them. Um, yeah, those piles right there. Right, right. And then while they're doing the handouts, I'll give some door prizes. Of course, I don't think any of you want door prizes, right? Okay, do I have someone that can read uh, numbers? I brailled the ones for you guys, but I didn't braille the other half. So somebody want to read numbers for our winners? Yes. So the print tickets are not the same as the braille. No, they're not. Well, no, no, no. Um, there was one ticket. I put the braille on the other side. So there's one that doesn't have Braille on it, but all the rest of them should have Braille on them. Well, no, no, no. I have the other half of the ticket. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, it should. Yeah, we're going by Braille. Yeah. Must have made a mistake, but whatever. Okay. Okie dokie. The first ticket... Okay. Uh, no, yeah, I want to print. Yeah. You want print. Okay. okay, it's okay. going to go by print. Then. Okay. Okay. Well, they, they should be correct. Uh, uh, that one must have just had a mistake. I, you know, I probably tried to correct it, and sometimes they pop back out. You know how that goes. One zero three. One zero three. One zero three. Okay, we got some uh, head as headset. Okay. Well, I got one more. <laughs> okay. Okay, the second one. Okay. One zero zero. 
100. One hundred. Sorry, Sue. One hundred. That was another uh, headset. I had two of them. Yes. Okay. One six one. Not sure. And this one's a T-shirt. One six one. Now we might have had a few extras. Did we have some leftovers? Okay, so if nobody got it, it's probably a leftover ticket because I had uh, 66 tickets, and I don't think we have 66 people here. So, yeah, Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, so nobody had 161? Okay, we'll do 145. 145. <laughs> yeah, here you go. One fifteen. One fifteen. And this is one of my books, um, Building Black Success Does the Image of Your Organization Attract Members? And it's in print. So if you can't read it with magnifier, let me know and I can also send you an attachment of it. One fifteen. 115. Going, going. Okay. One fifty. One fifty. One fifty. One twenty three. Oh, Ed gets it. Well, for being the runner, that's good. <laughs> okay, one twenty three. One twenty three. Oh, Sue. Okay. Oh. Okay. She already has a copy of it, so somebody else can have it. Okay. Here you go. 142. 142. 142. Third time, 142. Okay, there you go. 155. 155. Okay. Third time, 
144. Okay, the next one's uh, got cash. One thirty six. One thirty six. One thirty six. Third time. One thirty six. Okay. Here you go. One o five. She calls you honey now. <laughs> okay. Okay, we have another book. <laughs> there you go. 165. That's probably a leftover, probably. 165? No, it, that was a different one. 156. 156. Okay, okay. Okay. 134. 134. Okay, 95. 095. 095. Okay. One oh nine. One oh nine. Okay, there we go. One fifty seven. Did I hear a yes out there? One fifty seven. One forty-seven. One ten. One nineteen. Okay, we got one left. It's a a little na- a knapsack or you can carry your lunch or whatever. Yeah, so. Okay. One thirty-five. 
133. Okay, well, thank you all for coming, and have a great rest of the convention.